Welcome to episode 16 of Design Much, How to Run a Design Critique with Ben Peck. So to start us off, um, Ben, why is it important to actually have design critiques? Um, in my opinion, I feel like uh, when you have a team of designers, you need to be able to socialize the work. You need to be able to um, allow other people to see what's what you're working on, especially if you're all working on the same application. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, helping everyone else have a window into the work that you're doing so that it doesn't get siloed, um, even among, well, not only other designers, but p- other people within the, the company. I think that's a, that's a big, a big one in my mind. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah. So what does a typical critique look like then in that case? So, um, I mean, the way that we've set it up at Jane is that we have all of the designers and all of the PMs actually in the critique. So not only are we um, critiquing each other's work from a consistency standpoint from like design systems or uh, goals or componentizing what what we work on, but we also um, allow product managers to come in and see the decisions that are being made, not just the how it looks or how it functions. Okay. Um, so at, at Jane, we have a very strict uh, structure to that meeting where every person goes and we have a, a, an Asana project and they put in what they're going to get critiqued on. Um, and then... <clears throat> they say how much time roughly they think they need and then we 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 time box it so um, we have a very clear defined roles there's a role with each person in that big team because those can go get those can get way out of hand yeah um, like a, when you get a lot of people in a room um, talk about like design by committee or uh, not productive feedback or all the things that design critiques go wrong. Yeah, they uh, always turn into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I've been in my fair share of like horrible experiences. So <laughs> I think when we set it up, uh, and this isn't uh, actually a lot of this effort goes to Alex Estrada. She kind of set up m- the majority of how this stru- is structured. And what she did was what she went through um, – a bunch of articles and other people's experiences that have done or have had experiences with that, with that so that we could learn from that and set up a good foundation for us. People that have worked in much larger teams, so like Tanner Christensen at Facebook, and when you have hundreds of designers working across multiple pieces of an application, how do you maintain consistency and give feedback and how does that work? So. Yeah. So with the PMs involved, is, is that one meeting, how many people are generally involved in that one? 
So we've got five teams. We have we now have five PMs and five designers. So it was it's ten, eleven, twelve people. The I mean the VP of product was in, invited. He'd come early on, to, but he doesn't come as much anymore. Um, I, I I gotta say it's not perfect. I I feel like I have to um, remind everyone the value of it, like mm-hmm. on a every like three or four months, like remind the rules, remind the value, make sure everyone's coming. Otherwise people get lazy. They don't show up or, and, and so the value of it starts to kind of diminish a little bit. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. That's stuff with a big group too. We kind of experience that here because we've got a lot of designers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So some of the things that make it so that we can keep speed and consistency. So like with that many people in the room, and if people agree on something, so someone's starting to give feedback. Um, if somebody else just agrees with that feedback, whether it's negative, positive, just nice to have, they we have like little cues, like people can knock on the knock on the table, or they can like clip, uh, just snap their fingers to just oh, say okay. like plus one, like I agree with that, so that I don't have to go and repeat it again. So it kind of just adds weight to a particular comment. Yeah. Um, which speeds like, it up quite a bit. That. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Because a lot of times we rehash what the other person said and that takes two minutes. You know? yeah. yeah. You just said exactly what he just said and you just, did you just have to say that out loud because you were thinking through that or yeah. um, was there something else different about that? Which just saving time is kind of the key to, to mm-hmm. that. Okay. That's great. So um, we talked about group critiques. Um so you, you have like designers as well as PMs and that, which is great. Um, how do you feel about like one-on-one? Like, is there a time when you should have group and one-on-one or you should just have one or the other? How do you feel about that? So I've done ad hoc critiques um, as necessary. So the, the big group one is really nice uh, when you want very specific feedback and you have to uh, outline what you're looking for first. Um, and uh, be clear in what the type of feedback that you want. Do you want interaction feedback? Is this rough? Is this does it polish? And then if it feels like a, a conversation is going too long, or if there's too much that you want to get feedback on, we we just time box it and say, okay, let's take this to an offline one. Okay. So we've had, so we've got a seller app, and we've got two teams that work within that seller app. And sometimes we'll have a kind of ad hoc, just me and the two designers and the PMs sometimes on just those two teams to sync along that particular application. Um, and that's super valuable because it can be long, more long form. You can say, mm-hmm. we're going to spend an hour or 45 minutes, what, however long you need to just focus in on the more work around that particular thing. And sometimes people are more comfortable in a smaller setting yeah. presenting something uh, and you can get more specific with your feedback. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the bigger group leans more towards socializing your, your work and healthy discourse amongst cross functional, cross all the teams. And then the, the more individualized ones, it can get more specific in, um, do's and don'ts of what's going well and what's can be improved yeah definitely i like that a lot yeah awesome so 
um, when should we have critiques as designers? Like, um, is there a threshold in the design process where like the critique where the critique would not be helpful? Like if I'm way too far in this design, um, should I not get a critique at that point? Or like when, when should that happen exactly? Yeah, I think I'm of the, of the mindset of you should just be getting as feedback as much as possible. But when you go to ask for feedback, be clear in what you are looking for, because sometimes, so one of the challenges I think with our setup is that we're getting lots of feedback and then that's a challenge in and of itself. We're getting too much feedback. <laughs> um, and then you run into, well, who do I listen to? Yeah. Who makes the decision? Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. so there's there needs to be a healthy balance there. But to, to your question, it, it, it definitely needs to be clear the type of feedback that you're looking for um, when you ask it. And the people that I feel like the more mature designers can do that better of uh, disclosing what they're looking for. Awesome. Yeah, I like that a lot. So it sounds like you're going in with a purpose for yep. the critique, right? I need to get this exact, you know, the specific sort of feedback and not just say, here's my design, here's what I've been working on. Um, take it up, tear it apart, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the, the Which... times it goes really bad is just like, oh, I want visual feedback, interaction feedback, like any yeah. type of feedback, and then it just goes everywhere <laughs> with it. Yeah. And those tend to not be useful. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> awesome. Um, and how often? Um, so, you said as much as possible. So, basically, as much as much. It, so, it, I guess I, we can answer that question um, with based based on your answers, right? So if I ask you how often we should be having these critiques, basically whenever you need answers to those specific questions, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, um, we'll have we'll have designers like throw uh, Alex like to call them crit design critique lights, um, and she would huh. create specific Asana tasks and say hey, this is what I'm looking for, and then, then would just send it to a, a few designers and they could give feedback asynchronously um, mm -hmm. whenever they had time. Um, but it was like time boxed. I need feedback by this time, and oh. I don't need it to be formalized, but I'm, I'm just trying to get feedback as quickly as possible. And then there's just like the over-the-shoulder of like, hey, can you check this out real quick? And I need some feedback. Time time is often a challenge because with these bigger team ones, we can only have those like once a week. If you're trying to schedule 12 people to, to all get in a room and to get together, that's mm -hmm. you'll get feedback at that point and then you'll make decisions every day between the, then and there and you have to get feedback at certain points. So yeah. um, there needs to be different levels in my opinion. Uh, do you have a yeah. regular cadence for the larger one then? Do you do it once a week? Yeah, every time? Thursday at 10. We just barely got done with it, actually. Oh, okay. So, it yeah, from 10 to, to 11.30, it's an hour and a half, for us all to have like roughly 10 to 15 minutes each um, to go through those, uh, it requires that. Now, I, I don't know what, it, what that would look like for a team that scaled to 20. Mm -hmm. designers or whatever i i don't know how you break that up 
right there right now that works well for us yeah now i don't know how how you would scale that to another size team you just do an all-day event yeah once a week (laughs) no (laughs) i don't think that would work (laughs) yeah definitely needs to become more asynchronous in some way we we've moved everything to figma actually so being able to just pop into anyone's design at any moment and they're all kind of boxed into one uh, area, we can go and make comment. I've never, you know, we've, I've used Envision for forever, but the commenting, getting people to use the commenting feature inside of Envision was like impossible. Yeah. Outside of designers, you could maybe get other designers to use it occasionally. But Figma, I've seen developers write comments on designs. I've seen product managers write comments on designs Hmm. so like the feedback loop starts to get quicker um and only the people that care the most about it are usually giving the the feedback of it and it's usually cross-functional teams that's interesting so i'm with you i think i've been i think i've used envision forever yeah i don't think i've ever left a comment 10 years yeah yeah (laughs) so so why do you think that is like why why aren't people using envision but they are using figma for commenting or for giving that like giving the feedback on the designs or for any sort of that stuff. I think it's the way that Figma does their commenting because you can easily turn it on and off. Um, Well, I think it's very similar to to Envisions, Mm. but um, I I don't know. It might be that Figma emails you every single time you get a comment, (laughs) kind of like the (laughs) someone was joking. Uh, I think Kari or something at Airbnb was joking on Twitter the other day, like, the Figma email is the new Jira email, essentially. Oh. <laughs> that basically, every time you get a comment or on Jira, you get an email. Yeah. You can't turn it off. Awesome. Um, cool. <laughs> well, that's interesting. No, we, we we need to try Figma. I've been playing around with it, but we should probably have you back on or something to talk about it because yeah. I think it's very interesting now. Yeah, I played with it a little bit, but yeah, I've never done any work in it. So one of our main reasons was design systems, their components, and everything is mm-hmm. so much easier to set up. I could take four tools and, like, instead of using Sketch, Abstract, Envision, um, all of those together, I could just bundle that all up into one yeah. tool, and it does everything for me, and it does it better. The thing that I really like about it, just playing around with it again, because it was, like, two years ago when I when I tried it, you know, I was like, this is not even close. But just recently when I played around with it, the, the one thing that I was like, this is the most, this is the greatest thing ever. And it's super small and super simple was just the fact that all of the files, all the working files are in one place and the team really doesn't have a choice to save it anywhere else. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> That's it's actually... a beautiful thing. Cause yeah. I mean, we fight with that. Everybody's saving, like we got people on freaking iCloud saving crap on iCloud. We got designers that don't even know where they're saving their sketch files. Yeah. Like de- their desktop. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> And then when they're sick or something's gone, I don't even know how to view it. Yeah, yeah, we actually had to do some strategy around that. We we started fresh. Everything was in Google Drive when we when I first started, Jane. And then we decided to use Abstract. And so we took that as a fresh, clean slate to say, mm-hmm. how can we organize all of our design files all in Abstract? And then um, we just took that same concept and into into. Figma and said, okay, here's the foundation of how we're going to organize the files. Mm -hmm. And then everybody kind of follows a similar pattern, which is nice. If you don't set that up beforehand, it could get hairy fast. No, that's true. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. we got to talk about that some more. I want to learn more about Figma. Cool stuff. Um, So 
kind of bringing it to like being a participant in a design critique. Um, how can a designer give good or bad criticism? Like what, what sort of criticism is helpful and good as you're, as you're part of a critique and what is not good, what is not helpful? Yeah. So, um, that's a, that's a really good question. So we use, I'm trying to think of how we, we phrase it. We use the, like the method of, I wish, I wonder, um, I like, so giving good feedback. So, I mean, everyone, people are people, right? They can get offended or they cannot. The, the way you talk to someone with respect or um, how you say something changes the way they receive the feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So we use things like, okay, um, I wonder if that checkbox should be to the right. Or I like this and um, I wish is more like, I think this would be a really good idea, but you can do whatever you want with it or you can do or don't do whatever you want with it. So part of the challenge with design critiques and what I've been trying to establish with the team at Jane is that you have autonomy to make your own decisions on what what you do. Um, I'm going to have to lay down the law occasionally, but I want to do that as little as possible so that you guys can feel like you have control over what you're, what you're working on. Um, and being able to do that, you, you want to give feedback, but you don't want it to sound like this is how it has to be done. And just because I said so, like, yeah. I, I don't want to be that type of, uh, design manager, uh, in any way. I'm not that, uh, I, that works for some places where yeah. it's like you got the, uh, What's the famous Apple guy? I don't even know his name. He's not famous enough for me, I guess. Uh, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Ive. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's like, if it doesn't approve by him, then doesn't go anywhere. Or uh, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know. You can't scale a team well that way, mm-hmm. especially a happy team, in my opinion. So it's the, I wonder... I wonder if this blah, like fill in the blank kind of thing. So yeah. I wonder, I like, and I wish are the kind of the three yeah. phrasings to use. Yeah. That's actually really cool um, as a framework, right? To like give everybody a little bit of direction. And when they, when they, when they want to give critique, it's not like, blah. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, I got to, I got to frame it in this way. So I have to think about what I'm, what yeah. I'm saying. And I like that too, because it kind of has that framework of respect. Um, so it is hard when you're giving criticism to make, say it in a way that it doesn't like hurt someone's feelings or is disrespectful to them. Um, so I, I like that too, like that, that frames it in this way and everybody has the same sort of understanding of what they're trying to say. And they're not yeah. trying to say this is horrible. They're just trying to say like, I'm trying to help you fix it mm-hmm. or help it improve, right? Right. That's cool. Or you could say, I like that this is terrible because now you can, <laughs> now you can improve. Leave it to you to just break the whole thing. Oh, sad. <laughs> I wish, I wish this was a better design. <laughs> I wonder if we could start over. Yeah. <laughs> whole framework is broken. Sorry. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm the big believer of like, uh, praise in public, like 
uh, critique in private, like really strong, mm-hmm. like this is what you're doing well, this is what you're not doing well uh, in private. And so like in these bigger meetings, you got to have like constructive stuff happening the majority of the time. And then if things just don't feel like they're working well with an individual, you kind of have to just do that on an individual yeah. Yeah. by individual basis. Yeah. Uh, the public shaming aspect of things is just can lead to a very bad design culture. Definitely. It's fun to joke about though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, along those lines, like what, what actually defines a bad critique? Um, So like what are, what aspects of a critique um, can make it become one of those toxic, (laughs) bad, bad critiques? Um, like the whole meeting itself or just the individual feedback? Like the, like the whole meeting. Like if you, you go into a critique together as you know a team and you come out going, that was horrible, that was completely useless and probably alienated a lot of people. I think the worst critiques that I've ever been a part of are the ones where you go in and it feels like it's a requirement. You present stuff and then um, no one gives you feedback. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like really awkward it feels like a stand-up sort of and mm. uh it it just feels i don't know it doesn't feel constructive or helpful mm. um other ones are when it just gets out of line like one person is just kind of dominating the whole meeting or the whole session or goes a little bit long so I think that's that's why we have specific assigned roles. We have a note taker. We have someone who called. Like it's almost like feels very elementary. We're like, okay, raise your hand if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna give a comment, and you call on them. And that person also takes notes of what that person is saying, so that the person receiving the feedback doesn't need to worry about like they can digest what they're saying and respond mm-hmm. without having to like try to remember everything that they said and then they can go back through those notes and um, kind of digest it a little bit more. So I think just having clear, clear defi- definitions around things uh, has the most helpful or avoids getting out of hand. Um, and I think just being too blunt in, in uh, can, like ruin everything just one it causes friction or fear of getting feedback from that person again mm-hmm. or like all the i don't know just causes a lot of social issues in my opinion oh awesome yeah that's definitely a lot of stuff that can feed into that i agree <laughs> <laughs> moves into that like lord of the flies critique, yeah. critique style <laughs> just just a jungle at least they had a conch in lord of the flies though they did. They had some talk. structure. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> That's like the one thing I remember from that story. Yeah, it's about it too. <laughs> the conch. <laughs> a bunch of people trying to hurt, hurt each other. It's yeah. the other thing. <laughs> um, so let's let's get a little bit more specific. Um, can you actually describe like a productive critique that you've been a part of, and um, what was helpful? Like maybe one that actually you presented a design and received critique for, and like what was actually helpful? What was the takeaway from that? Um, yeah, what's one that I 
presented specifically myself. So most of the critiques that I participated in before seemed very unhelpful. Like, I don't know many when I was an individual contributor where I felt like the critique went really well uh, in a group critique. I feel like the best critiques that I've had have been one-on-one mm. because the bigger group ones never had the structure that I felt like they needed. Um, so a good critique example was, I, I don't know how specific you want to get, but uh, I have a clear understanding of what I what I was trying to accomplish. I presented it um, and I felt like I was prepared to present it. Uh, in a way that I knew what I was looking for or what I was struggling with, mm-hmm. and then uh, allowing them to give me feedback that in a where they felt like the space was there to and, and the time was there to talk through all the details. Sometimes just getting into a room and talking through something has been the most beneficial in my mind. Um, the bigger the the one that we're trying to solve with the bigger meeting is more socializing the work. Um, and, uh, and maybe this is a, I think I know this is a challenge because when we first started doing the big design critique, uh, it was under the impression that you could show something if you wanted to, but if you didn't have something to show, you just didn't show anything. Um, and, that kind of set the precedence of like you need to be prepared to show something mm-hmm. before you come to the meeting so that you can have it can be productive um but then it got to the point where it was like n- one person showed something and then yeah. no one was showing anything and it didn't feel like you were socializing work at all because everyone was like well i don't have anything to show um so i changed it and said okay you have to show something um so which kind of forced them to think through what can i show Hmm. whether it's small or big um but it also i can see from their perspective of like i have to show something even if i don't Mm -hmm. really need the feedback or want the feedback um so it creates a little bit of a conflict there as well um i know i'm kind of getting off topic of like what's a good critique that's really helpful uh but it I feel like the ones where I can set the stage really well, present the work, ask for clear feedback of this is rough. I'm just trying to figure out if it's make making sense or lays out well, or if I'm using good components or this is something new and this is something that it, that ex- exists today, but these this is the conflict and this is the problem I'm trying mm-hmm. to solve. So I need feedback on the problem, not the visuals. Um, and setting that stage has always been the most helpful to me. That's interesting. Where I don't feel like a lot of people, a lot of designers do a good job of setting the stage before they ask for feedback. Yeah. I like the progression you made in, in the, where you had, you can do it if you want to. Um, if you need the feedback, you can bring your thing and get your critique, but then nobody was doing it. Um, and like actually forcing them to do it, I think it's interesting because they actually have to think of a problem to solve that they maybe haven't thought of before. So they they might be in a situation before where they didn't need 
or they didn't think they needed feedback, but this probably forced them to think of something they can they can um, actually get a critique for. So that's pretty interesting. Um, very cool. Um, <laughs> so going into more of like your advice, like how as a design leader, so let's say like there's a team that's not doing critiques at all. Like maybe a design leader approached you saying, how do I actually implement um, a proper critique program with all my, my group of designers? So how would you suggest they do that? How would I suggest they set up a proper critique program? Mm -hmm. um, I would suggest um, creating creating a structure for it. So with us, that meant um, regular scheduled meeting, requirements for what that meeting looked like, and setting ground rules right from the beginning, and having uh, a structure on what the process looked like. So before you can even have the critiques, you have to design the process of how, how they're done. Mm -hmm. um, so... I would say to, to be successful at it is to, to set up a, a good process for it. With us, that was Asana, where we have a specific project. We have um, every week we put in, you have to put in your critique items before the, the, the meeting. And it was clear what they were, what they were looking for and how it, how it functioned in, in the end. Um, and then um enforcing those rules like i i suck at enforcing things like i'm not a police officer <laughs> by any means <laughs> i'm with you it's hard so uh like just uh, if things aren't going well you kind of have to just reinforce the that standard so um it works really well for onboarding too uh, so as a new person comes on, you have a clear process of how that, how things work and um, walking through that with the new person also gives you an excuse to say, hey, we're going to revisit these rules altogether to remind ourselves why we're doing them and uh, what for. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I've only had to do that like two or three times in, in a year, but still it, um, it makes it so you have something to discuss against of like what's the purpose this is these are the rules are we still getting the value out of it and reevaluate what how we can improve it awesome i like that a lot um yeah so you mentioned like before when you were essentially you and i believe you said it was alex was designing this this design critique for jane there's like a lot of research in that process um and you came and defined a bunch of rules of what what our design critique is going to look like, right? Um, and at that point, like, have you revisited those rules in order to make changes? Like, is this an evolving process, or is it something that you kind of put in place and you just keep it until? Um, I, I want to be clear. Like, Alex did the majority of the yeah. work for this <laughs> and setting up the rules. So, like, I don't want to take any credit for it. She she laid all the foundation. Uh, I've made minor modifications, meaning that setting the uh, the changing the rule of saying you can show something, well, you have to show something. Um, mm -hmm. That was a modification because it felt like it was becoming like, well, you can be lazy if you want, but you can't 
so that it became unproductive at that point. So to reinforce the productive nature of it, we had to make an adjustment there. So yes, I think it, it does create, it's going to evolve. I don't know what it's going to look like once they have, once we have 10 designers or can we fit 30 people in a conference room? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't, <laughs> does that make sense? Um, I don't know how you break that up. It's definitely evolves and it's, different it's going to be different for everyone um in smaller teams i I never felt like we needed that because if you got one cross-functional team like at needle we had one cross-functional team we didn't have to have a formalized meeting to go over the type these types of things it there was wasn't as much need to socialize the work across as many people um but yeah cool awesome so as a designer, um, when you are you know, receiving a critique for your design and you get lots of feedback, I think you mentioned this a little bit, um, how, what is the best way about like, synthesizing all of that data into creating like, a solution? All of the feedback? Yeah, like how do you get all that feedback and turn it into something? That's probably one thing I think we can do a lot better. <laughs> Um, uh, having a note, uh, an assigned note taker gets you all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the individual designer is kind of responsible for synthesizing all the, all of that information into a singular, um, decision. I wish that there could be a better feedback loop in yeah. that too, because we, we all give feedback, but it's, um, every new, Uh, meeting that we have or every new event um there's not like this report back of like okay these are the changes i made because of the feedback Mm -hmm. some designers have done better at at like recapping that really quickly to say okay last time we talked about this i made these changes now we're now i i improved here um and others it's like it was shipped like it's done. Yeah. Like there's no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no. You never see it again. Yeah, exactly. We made those decisions and we're we're done. And that's a lot on me as a director to like be on tabs with all of that. Mm-hmm. But from a a team perspective, knowing what what went mm-hmm. through and what stayed and what didn't, uh, reporting that up and down through the pipeline is is super challenging. Yeah, and that's interesting too because. There could be like something really great that the designer takes away from that, that they're probably not even sharing. Yeah. Right. Like they could have learned something really good and they could have shipped it maybe without telling anybody that they're going to do it, but they ship it and maybe they get feedback from the client. Like, so there, there could be like a lot of stuff learned from that whole critique that is not being shared. Um, so that, that's pretty interesting too, like a feedback loop. Yeah. Um, something I haven't thought of before at all. That's cool. We have a running notes list, but there's no like synthesization of what that, if that's, that's even a word, I don't know. <laughs> but like, you know how researchers, user researchers will go and they'll do a bunch of research and then they synthesize the findings into like a nice bundled up, this is what we've, we learned. And you can go through all the, the deep details. It would be really nice to do that from a design yeah. perspective too of like, this is what we learned going through this process um, for the designer. Say you switched teams or you, a designer left and a new designer came on. Um, 
it would be nice to have that. I mean, documentation is like, nobody reads it, but like, how can you, <laughs> how can you like document it, but also make it valuable? I don't know. Yeah, it could be, true. it could be interesting on the next, you know, week just to quickly review what happened the previous week, even on a high level, maybe. And then, and then if there's any other decisions that were made that kind of went away from that or, or even it's like, Hey, we gave you, you gave you feedback on the thing. How did it go? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, Oh, I decided to go this other way, but thanks to your help, it got me going in a different direction. Like, yeah. That, that would be, that would kind of, kind of close the loop too. And then that way it would, it would share your synthesis, right? In, in a way. Yeah. Cause for sure. yeah, nobody wants to read more documentation. <laughs> <laughs> why remote working isn't fully adopted because <laughs> yeah. everything would have to be written yeah. <laughs> people just want to talk to each other so um so what about a design team of one they don't have any other designers to share their work with like what would you recommend they do like they obviously don't have a critique process like how do they get that that it's feedback dribble, dribble. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just get a bunch of likes on dribble <laughs> Good job, bro. Yeah. Nice work. Check out mine. Super clean. Check out yeah. Check out Looks mine. Awesome. I did something similar. Amazing. <laughs> um, does this comment get me more views? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In Product Hive, we've got a design review uh, channel, but I think it's kind of not as effective as I would like it to be. Um, I think that design like younger designers in school designers that don't have team members um could benefit from that but i think that there needs to be more structure around who's giving the critiques maybe a scheduled times um inside of your company i think you should just find someone who values design whether that's a front-end developer or whether that's a product manager or whether that's a customer service person i don't know mm-hmm. but Finding that other person that cares about the experience, the design, maybe has some level of uh, of valuable feedback that you can kind of ping ideas off of. Uh, I, I don't know that could that can get kind of challenging, I guess. Really like, yeah. I'm the designer. I'm gonna go ask this customer service person for advice, and then I'm gonna go show it to the CEO. I'm like. Well, who gave you <laughs> advice on this? I, I don't know. The not to devalue any any departments, but yeah. it's I don't know. It's the whole. You want to get into the Jared Spool debate? Yeah, everyone's a designer. <laughs> but it's, I like I like the I like the idea because I think I think at every company there's there's somebody's a photographer. I've worked at every company where somebody's like a part time photographer. Right? They have they have like a good eye for design. They may not necessarily create design or work on design, but they have mm-hmm. a good eye for what's wrong and what's not. And I like the idea of that because even if even if you're like the only you know product designer on the team, somebody somebody in your office, if you work in an office, um, is going to give you at least some rudimentary like that looks good or that doesn't look good or I, I don't I think that looks weird or doesn't you know like just some basic feedback that can that can key off what's wrong because you get I think especially when you're a design team of one you get caught in your head too much yeah you know and i think we talked to jonathan juvenile about that remember like just you're stuck in your head and you got to get out of it so i i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to to do stuff like that well just today we 
we had in our team critique, we had a designer come back and say, we, um, we had a good critique about this thing last time. And then I went and found out all these things from the development team around restrictions of how this wouldn't work. And that feedback is, was more valuable than what the feedback we gave them in the design critique. So it completely changed the direction and created a better solution in the end um, from a developer, not, uh, and so it doesn't necessarily need to be like, um, it goes back to what type of feedback are you looking for? A developer could give you a lot of functionality to feedback that could greatly increase, uh, improve the a design. Um, same with someone on the business side of like, that's more valuable. Or if we did it this way, it could change um, how we're perceived or I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you have to think, you have to, as a designer without the other designers around, around you you kind of have to think that way like okay i'm gonna have to own this piece because no one else really has the skill sets in here um and try to find outside help but take value from the the other people that are around you yeah awesome that's great i think that covers a lot of a lot of great bases do you have anything else you want to add um Drink lots of water. Drink lots of water. Um, Always be learning. (laughs) Never never LaCroix. Always water. Wait, wait. Uh, Go to front. Definitely go go to front. Yeah. Definitely go go to to front. front. When's the the next one? um, Is it in Park City again? We actually moved it. It's going to be in West Jordan, actually, um, at the Viridian uh, Event Center. Um, we got a lot of we love the idea of having it in park city um majority of the people that come to the workshop still are from utah where we thought we'd get more people from out of state Uh and um some people were like well it's far enough away that i it seems too far and then (laughs) and then other people it's like it's nice to get away but they the idea of it being like a team retreat plus a workshop didn't seem to be something that people wanted to yeah tag on to but interesting november 8th and 9th is when our workshops are oh so i can come now my problem was you always did it on my birthday Oh really? Yeah. So I can't. I can't. I can't. I couldn't go to front on my birthday. Why not? It's a great birthday present. No, I gotta take the day off and sleep all day. Sleep all day. Eat some yeah. cake. Yeah. Area. Yeah. Might yeah. end up sleeping all year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, we're we're excited. Front was really good a couple weeks ago. You guys did a good job of recapping it. We just released all the videos today. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I'll have to go watch them. Yeah, I'll have to watch the ones I missed when I was out. Yeah, and the thing yakking at people. The coolest one was Vicky. Just like how silent it was when we were like all meditating. Dude, it was sweet. <laughs> I was like, "Holy crap! This is this whole venue. You could hear a pin drop. Yeah. It was no, so it was quiet. Cool. I really liked it. That was. I think that was one of my favorite. Yeah, like one of my favorite moments was the <laughs> the group meditation in there. That was pretty sweet. A couple of people came back to me. It was like, "You're gonna." make me stop meditating and I don't want to. 
Or I'm gonna fall asleep one or the other. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll have to have you on again. Maybe talk some Figma, some other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Be happy to. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Cool. Beaker. Hey, Andy, that was a great conversation with Ben. That was did awesome. You think, did you think it was a great conversation with Ben? <laughs> I did. I did think it was a great conversation yeah. with Ben. I yeah. agree. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation here, but if you, the listener, would like to continue the conversation, <laughs> go to uh, designmuch.org and leave a comment. If you think this topic would benefit another designer or even your design team, Feel free to share it with them and get them involved in the conversation as well. Um, I have a couple a couple quick announcements before we get into what we learned with Ben. Uh, uh, Lunch UX, the kickoff event, is June 29th. Um, it's located at, it's going to be at uh, Mojo downtown, Mojo Themes downtown, uh, downtown Salt Lake. So uh, you can go to meetup.com slash lunchux for more details on that one. Um, go to that. That's going to be a great event. I'm really excited. It should be about pretty that. fun. The speaker is going to be horrible, though. But I mean, the yeah, doing everything else is going to be fun. Getting you know, meeting people and that kind of stuff is going to be really fun. You don't go for the speaker. You, you go no, for you the go for the pizza. You go for the, the crappy pizza. Yeah, and to to talk to the other designers. That's, yeah, that's why. You're that's there. exactly why so, you go. Yeah. Um. So, Andy, what did you learn about running a critique from uh, from Ben Peck? Well, I learned a lot. Um, some of the the, the takeaways for me. Um, where first, like um, he mentioned that on his team, Alex Estrada did a lot of research and actually designed a mm-hmm. design critique process, which is, that's pretty cool. Like um, she took the time to like find what is working for other teams. Um, what are some good ideas um, to add? Um, and I think that's really important. And this leads into my next, um, my next key takeaway, which is actually having structure to a design critique. So define structure and define rules um, because um, from what I've learned in my experiences, designers, we're animals. We, we're animals? We're animals. If we if we're, we go to a critique, there's basically blood in the water, and <laughs> we want to destroy everyone else's work. Well, I think um, we're more sharks than animals. I mean, Are sharks not animals? I thought sharks were dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> are dinosaurs animals? I don't know. <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> we're all of the above, I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's important to like have those rules. And, um, he mentions that he has to, to, um, go over those rules all the time, like over again, like he, like every three months, every quarter or so he'll go over those rules. Um, so that everyone knows as they're coming to these critiques, we want these critiques to be, um, you know, they want those critiques to be productive, to be helpful. He's trying to, he's trying to, to, to tamp down the animalistic instinct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of tranquilizer there, stuff like yeah. that. Um, and something else that I think is really great, and this is um, something that's really important, I think, as a, as a receiver. So when you are presenting a design and you're receiving critique for that, um, it's really important to initially state what sp- specific feedback you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should say, like, I want to know what you feel about this button. Is it in the right place? Is it the right like label, you know, as opposed to saying like what he said, 
what do you guys think about the design or just the overall interaction? Yeah. Because that's going to turn into. What do you think of this, guys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think? This Boom. Is... <laughs> Freaking sharks, vultures. So, yeah, making it specific is really important. And also, like, um, if you're a loan designer in a company, I, I like what he said about this. If you don't have a critique process, you don't have other designers to bounce this off of in your company, um, go find another person that values design. Um, mm-hmm. somebody that can give you feedback and it, it might not be super great feedback because they're, they're not great at UX, but it, it's good to at least get something. Um, cause you might be, you know, as we've talked about, you're in your own head, you're, you're in your own design, just living in that vacuum. Um, so it's good to get that feedback from somebody else's eyes. Um, so some, some of my, my points right there. Yeah, those are good. I like how all of yours tie together too. Yeah. Like all of your lessons learned almost every week, like. They go from one to the next. They like tie in. Oh, um, I'm really like that. Leads me yeah. to I, I I learned this, and that leads me to part B, which yeah. is this. Yeah. I like that. I like how you orchestrate that. I am a professional podcaster. I'm really good at this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> pro podcaster. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple things I learned um, when sharing feedback on the responses. He brought up like the three the three kind of patterns they use for asking questions, which I really like. So if you're if you're mm-hmm. uh, if you're giving responses to the designer, um, they need to be either they need to either start with "I wonder if," or "I like that," or "I wish," blank. Right. So start out with those. Uh, I like that because that aligns. Uh, instead of just reacting, you have to you have to think about what your what your uh, what your feedback's going to be and align yeah. it in a, in a particular way. And um, I think it, too that that offers like a little bit of like. Uh, consistency in the process. Uh, it offers some efficiency in the process as well. So people are thinking about things and it goes a little quicker. Um, that, that too, that leads me to my other point, which is um, being more efficient with the time. Because like he said, they had like five designers plus they had their five PMs in there. So that can, be, that can take a while. Yeah. Right? So uh, from a scaling standpoint, as, as you scale one of these design critiques, um, they need to find some time savers. And I really like this. This was like the thing that I really loved about the whole entire interview was the nonverbal expression of agreeing, like agreeing with another person. I thought that was cool. I love that idea of like just going ahead and like, hey, that was a cool idea. And, you know, Andy's talking about, uh, you know, his response or something like that. And then I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. And kind of like knock. Yeah. And be like, yeah, I do. I, 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 I can say that same exact thing that I agree with that person without, without um without having to like express my opinion for another five minutes right um so it's a great time saver i think too it's it kind of goes in with like things patterns that we normally do all of our social media apps have some sort of function where it's like (laughs) yeah i agree with that um so i I thought that was just a really cool thing i'm I'm really excited to try it here honestly i I think we can get pretty creative like yeah like i could have like a bunch of like like cards like a sticker or something i yeah. could just go put it on the designer's face <coughs> i think it's yeah on, her, on their forehead right exactly. like put it right on her forehead <laughs> um the other thing i was thinking is I, like i got a couple of vuvuzelas at home oh nice yeah we could use vuvuzelas or uh i've got an old trombone we could try that you know it's not a sad trombone okay, i was gonna say it's like a happy trombone <laughs> uh the other thing that he brought up that i've i mean i think i've been doing this a little while few years and i've never thought about this in a million years um having a note taker and a design critique kind of blew my mind this is great like i was like 
that makes total sense. Why hasn't anybody ever done that? Because when you have the note taker, then you as the designer who's presenting, I think sometimes we get it, we get kind of caught and we don't remember what happened. Yeah. Because you, um, you get like 20 things thrown at you. Yeah. Like, how do you remember all you that? You get all this feedback and you're like, ah, I don't know. Let me tell you, let me write something down. Let me do whatever. Um, so having a note taker, somebody that's just observing and taking notes and um, is really nice. Plus sharing those notes later with the rest of the team is really good. Mm-hmm. And then also keeping those notes for the next time you have a critique yeah. as kind of a historical record I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, a lot of really cool stuff in that episode. It was very enjoyable. Yeah. I'm glad you learned something, Andy. <laughs> I'm glad you learned something too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andy. Um, nice t-shirt, by the way. Andy's wearing one of our uh, one of our handmade uh, design much t-shirts. Yeah. We should we put that t-shirt up on the up, up on a website somewhere? I don't know. And maybe sell those. I don't know. Maybe that that could be good. You have such a high demand for it. So. Yeah. If you're if you're listening. Uh, and you want a t-shirt, you think a t-shirt would be good? Maybe we'll post a picture in the in the post of what the t-shirt looks like. And then if you want to get a t-shirt, maybe we'll put it up on uh, one of those t-shirt websites. Yeah. And you can buy one. Yeah. That'll be fun. Okay. Yeah, I want to see some more Design Much logos just walking around. Yeah. Because I only see mine in the mirror, and I see yours every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I want to see some more. Yeah, we need more. It'd be nice to, like, you know, go down. It'd be nice to, like, lunch UX. To be walking down, walking over to Mojo Themes, walking down the street and seeing like 50, 50 Big D logos on people's shirts everywhere. That would be nice. Different color shirts, pink, blue, orange, green. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Have fun. Be safe. Okay? <laughs>